Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Peter's first letter in the first chapter, verses 3 through 9. If you're following along, you can find that passage on page 983 in your pew Bible. Listen to the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed even in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now, for a little while, you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, You believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Father, sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. Well, welcome back. I got to see most of you last Sunday. And I'm glad to see you again, and what a Sunday we had. Resurrection Sunday, it was wonderful with trumpets and lilies and little girls and crinolines and lemonade on the lawn and all of that. It was great. Easter, Resurrection Sunday, such a high on the Christian calendar. There were so many people in this room, all here to be reminded of our inheritance. Every year, the Christian community gathers on Easter at the mouth of the empty tomb to be reminded that that victory means for us life everlasting. But after the high of Easter Sunday, we are back at it in full swing, right? Packing lunches and making doctor's appointments and long days and full calendars and all the stuff that competes for our giving attention to the life of faith. Personal prayer starts getting squeezed out by the number of unanswered emails. And before you know it, our spirits are impoverished again. But still, Easter was great, right? I mean, we got this high energy reminder of our inheritance. It's good to be reminded that God has conquered death and heaven awaits. Well, 1 Peter, this letter that Bill read from earlier, was written to a post-Easter crowd that could use some encouragement too. In fact, it's addressed to the exiles, which is a little bit odd. 
to the exiles, but they all live in the same hometown they lived in their whole life. But these Christians are being called exiles because they've been shunned by their family and friends, considered nut jobs for believing all this resurrection stuff. They'd made a conscious, deliberate decision to move away from their old lives, to join the waiting hope of the Jesus community. And most of their friends just rolled their eyes and thought, what in the world is wrong with them? Maybe they'll get back on their meds, I don't know. And they're waiting on the Jesus return. Jesus has promised to come again. But the early Christian community, most of them thought when Jesus said, I promise to come again, they thought like maybe Tuesday, right? And here we are 60 years later still waiting. They're still estranged from their former community, still experiencing harassment, being laughed at for waiting on this Jesus to return. And this whole born-again experience isn't exactly what they signed up for. Still, Easter was great. It's good to know that heaven awaits. I mean, they still talk about the resurrection. They still talk about their claim of the ultimate hope that Jesus will return. And they're going to experience the glory of eternity. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But right now, it's just harassment and hardship. You see, they had made a miscalculation about the life of faith. With, with all the promises of eternity, they put all their weight over on one foot. They, they were living separated. It's the trials and suffering and grind of this world and this day and this week over against that day out there that day when the trumpet will sound and heaven opens and victory is claimed. For them, it's those two realities. And it's a misconception that many of us participate in too. And frankly, our Baptist heritage has made it a little bit worse. I mean, because our tradition is so tied to revivalism, we've inherited a tradition that is very much focused on heaven. I mean, the, my church experience when I was a child had a lot to do with getting saved to escape hell and go to heaven. Fire insurance, I heard it called. You'll only spend a few years here on earth, but eternity somewhere. And this life is full of trial and tribulation, but one day when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. It was this and that. And this emphasis on heaven among Baptists has also been informed by our blue-collar roots. Historically, most Baptists of the South were working class day-to-day -day marked by hard labor work and answering to the boss man and scraping by. But one escape from all of that was the church, where the preacher would remind them on Sunday that one day when this troubled life is o'er, there is a mansion waiting, you will walk the streets of gold. 
So a big part of our Baptist tradition has been a preaching tradition about heaven. One day, heaven. And it has been backed up by lots of hymns. Lots of hymns about heaven. And listen to the focus on how rotten it is now and how it will be one day. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joy will never end, I'll fly away. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back like a scroll. The trump shall resound. The Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Come on, say it with me. When we all get to heaven, what a, you all know the answer to that. I love that. I love the reminders of our inheritance. But the sweet by and by is only part of our inheritance. Peter tells this drooping Christian community focused on heaven that they have a larger inheritance than they realized. Preacher Fred Craddock likens this letter to the reading of a will the family gathered, waiting to hear if their name's going to get mentioned and if they got anything or not. This letter's written to a harassed Christian community, and it's a reminder that some of the inheritance of our faith is available to us right now. It's, it's not all tied up in a trust, only accessible after the afterlife victory. There is a living hope. We are reading the will and your name is mentioned and you can cash some of the check today. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. As wonderful as the Easter celebration, the high celebration of God's victory over death, the promises of life everlasting, it is only part of our inheritance. Ours is a living hope. And it's worth us reminding each other that Heaven is not the only thing that was left to us in the will. Peter says to the early church, you are being protected by the power of God. Are, are you aware of God's present activity in your life? God's very presence attending you, protecting you, guiding you? God's living hope is active in your soul and guiding and protecting your way forward right now. 
Not in the sweet by and by. Cash that check now. Peter says, I know you suffer. But suffering is a way that your faith is refined. It's it's like putting gold into the fire to burn away the impurities. It, It leaves only purified gold. So when tested by fire... You will result in praise and honor and glory. And when you stand taller in the life of faith, the impurities will start to burn away and your life will shine. And you and I know these people, don't we? You and I know the saints whose lives were marked by hardship and still their inner life sparkled. It's available to all who follow Jesus. Peter said, it's it's part of your inheritance. Another part of the inheritance, he said, your faith in Jesus, even though you can't see him, your faith will result in rejoicing and glorious joy. As you grow in your inner life of prayer, practice the disciplines of the faith, you start incubating joy. Not not necessarily happiness. Happiness is wonderful, and happiness is dependent on what is happening at the time. But joy lives down deep. Joy is this quality of faith that attends us even when the hard rain falls. And can you imagine having a key to a safety deposit box where joy is kept and never unlocking it? Joy, it's part of the inheritance. Not just the joy of heaven right now. And most of all, the greatest prize, the living hope that is available to you this day the salvation of your soul. You have been saved, but you are also being saved. Your soul is being rescued. You are regularly being set free by forgiveness and new direction and second chances and noble purpose. Your soul is being saved. We have an inheritance imperishable, undefiled, unfading. But if you only show up for the Easter reading of the will that talks about the heavenly inheritance, you have cheated yourself your full birthright because ours is a living hope. So imagine this scene. The attorney is coming to the big family home to read the will. And you've showered and dressed and you've got this giddy kind of Christmas morning feeling in your stomach because you're not sure if you were left anything or not. Then there are others in the room too. They're, they're all cousins you hadn't seen in a long time propped up on the edge of the sofa. Every chair taken. Everybody in the room's a little bit jittery, a lot hopeful. And finally, the attorney breaks the seal and announces to everybody in the room, 
you all get an equal share and you all get a full share. And then he begins to read the will. Blessed be the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. Rejoice with an indescribable, glorious joy. You are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, who in their right mind would get off the sofa and say, I'm not interested? You can have mine. I'm only interested in that heaven stuff. I'll see you next Easter. (laughs) Who would leave half of their inheritance on the table? Protected by the power of God. Glorious joy. The salvation of your soul. Who would leave that? Let's be honest, life is hard. I mean, the early Christian community, we talked about the hardships that they faced, but it's not like we got a pass, right? The trials keep coming, suffering piles up. We fail ourselves, we fail each other. Distress sometimes comes our way because of the things we have done, and sometimes it comes our way unfairly. We are lonely and guilty and tired and life is hard. And it is true that this hardship will receive ultimate victory in the life everlasting. But there is more to our inheritance than that. There's a big chunk of it available right now. And each Sunday we gather in this room to read parts of the will to each other. You are the beloved child of God and all of this is yours. We come each Sunday to hear another part of our inheritance declared to remind each other that we are heirs of the kingdom, children of the Most High God, adopted and beloved. You are a child of God. And all of this is yours. And all there is to do is to claim the inheritance that's been freely given. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us. 
If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.